We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lucky Podcast is on CFE Nation, presented by Twisted T. Defensively, it's going to be very interesting to see, especially early on, right? I said this, Ryan Day finally has a year of film, but it's the other side too. We have a year of film on Jim Knowles right. and, his, and his system. We didn't last year. Ryan Day has a year now on Al Golden. So, Best believe both teams have been preparing for this game all summer. Right. Believe it's, that. It's not the first week we've, you know, talked about Ohio State. You know, this is probably week, probably been a month pre- preparation for a game like this throughout the summer, getting ready for fall camp and getting ready for the season in general. I'm sure we've probably spent a month on different things throughout that getting ready. So. Yeah, this I think it would be naive not to, and also the fact that we understand who we are and who we are coming into this game, whereas Ohio State has some identity issues still. I think the West Kentucky game was just them just displaying they got talent that's out recruiting a FCS just becoming a D1 school. So mm-hmm. not just becoming, but, you know, no disrespect to Western. John Massey says, Malik, do you think Golden mugs the gaps, blitzes the linebackers up the middle versus guards too much? Should Indy have actual pass rushers on guards more often? Well, I definitely think you have um, a style in which Al Golden coaches where he likes particular things for his linebackers to do because he's a system guy. So I don't think he's going to get outside his character. Like, uh, coincidentally, you look at a guy like BVG, who had a similar makeup of being aggressive, creating a ton of different blitzes through different looks. But Al Golden looks to be more moderate in the way he goes about what he does, where it's not too many different blitzes. He's going to give the blitzes that he's that he puts out there. Like a guy like Steve Spagnola for Kansas City, he's blitzing mug, double mug, cover zero all the time. Mm-hmm. That's just what they do. And they get beat a lot. Spags, Spags is phenomenal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They get because beat day. Spags, his big picture, you're talking about like 
play to play small picture. Spags, the pick a uh, big picture is, oh, you will not be comfortable at all today. At all. At all. <laughs> at all. And at some point, we're going to get you. At some point. You go, you're going to get us. But okay. at some point, we're going to get you. And then this is the beauty of it. You saw it on Sunday. Late in the game, they can drop eight and put Chris Jones coming off the edge. <laughs> like now we can just unleash yeah. Chris Jones in the fourth quarter without without blitzing. It's Spags does a really good job, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's how and that's how you do it, man. I think uh, hey, I take Spags is the only defensive coordinator whose players told Tom Brady what they were going to do and did it. Yeah. The week of that Super Bowl, Michael Strahan was like, oh, we got to hold him to 17 points. That's gangster. The whole, everybody on the Giants is like, yeah, if we hold him under 17, we win. The whole week, somebody <laughs> ran to Tom Brady and was like, yo, they said they have to hold you to 17 points. And Tom Brady laughed. Guess how many points they scored? Exactly. 17. That was the most... Man, look, that was the most gangster thing I had ever seen. <laughs> and this is Tom Brady with Randy Moss, bro. Yeah. This is Tom Brady with Randy Moss. But, I mean, look at the scores of, of NFL games now. They're like 24 to 23, 20 to 21, 14 to 8. It's like the 40-point NFL games is few and far between. A lot of these games play pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Well, I should get to Pat Mahomes. But Pat Mahomes not blowing teams out like he used to, so. They don't need to. The Chargers are trash. The, you the call, Raiders are trash. You calling the Chargers trash? After about, two close, after two, well, first of all, they lost to two good teams. Miami's going to the playoffs this year, 100%. And they no, should have lost. And the Chargers should have won that game. You said two good teams. What's the second good team they lost to? Uh, who they just lost to this weekend? Uh, the uh, I was watching it. It was Tennessee. Bruh. Tennessee looked off? good. Tennessee is mid. What are you talking about, dude? They lost to Ryan Tannehill. Stop. You're doing too much right now. You're should doing the, too should much. the Chargers have beat the Dolphins game one? No. Oh, my God. They were winning until the last – Minute or so, like they should have, they should have won that game. They should have won the game against the Titans, but the Titans, bro, Tannehill played good that game. Winning until the last minute is what the Chargers do every year. <laughs> they do that every year. That's okay. on brand. <laughs> Win until the last and give them that, the that's last. the Chargers. The last Austin, and now Austin Eckler is out like four weeks. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is going to be one of the best weekends of the college football season. Ohio State plays at Notre Dame. Florida State at Clemson. Colorado at Oregon. UCLA at Utah. Ole Miss at Alabama. And Iowa at Penn State are just some of the big-time games this weekend. And if you're still looking for last-minute tickets to any of these huge games, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. By the way, prayers up. They do Malik got off the show last night when he heard Nick Chubb was hurt. I don't know if you all what saw you think, that. What do you think His about heart, that? Head? His left heart stink. He just he left the show last night. I was like, oh snap. Nick Chubb dislocated his knee. That cat Malik just left the show. It was terrible. It was terrible. Because you know why? It has to have respect to one of the most and one of the few, how do you say, original football players left. He is not a diva. He knows his role. It's like your favorite uncle going down, man. You're like, oh, man. He's too good for the league, for the, for him not to be in it this year, just like Aaron Rodgers is making the product bad. That's why I would say I didn't like the hit. What do you think? This goes back to that, what was that, 2002 National Championship game? Well, uh, I forget the DB for Ohio State. Went at Willis McGee's uh, knee oh, yeah. on the swing pass. See, that's cowardly to me, bro. Because if we, we we compete, but 
ultimately we're also out here looking out for each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like what Travis Hunter is going through. Come on, man. What did they end up saying the injury was? Lacerated uh, liver. Really? Yeah. Oh, he did him like that. You didn't see his IG last night. Trav said he would have died on the field if the doctors didn't force him to go to the hospital. He said because he felt, you remember, he came back in and played. Yeah. So he said, man, him, he felt like, yo, I can go. But not knowing the severity of what had happened, if they had, how did had they, allowed. How did they, how did they because he went back in, so how did they know? Like, oh, so I, I asked my wife, right? Because my wife was watching the game with me. That's right. what Prime does. My wife don't watch football, dog. But Prime Prime Squad was on TV. She's like, it's a spectacle. She was she was there. She was like, yo. And my wife, who's in the medical field, by the way, this is what I'm saying, and she's a nurse. She was like, that's why I love doctors that do head-to-toe examinations. She said, because something is going to tell you that, no. She said, it's either his eyes, you check the movement of his eyes, you look into his eyes, you check his response, you push certain areas to see if you get tenderness. She said, you know, most people just ask the athlete, like, you good? Yeah. He's like, man, those doctors did a head to toe. She said they had to in order to say no, nah, because he wanted to play. So a lacerated liver, that shit is serious. So it was, I wonder if he had to have. He had to have just caught him in the right place, man. I'm trying had to, to. Had to. Had to. And let me tell you how G Travis Hunter was. If you guys haven't seen his IG from yesterday, go check it out. It's on YouTube all over the place. Somebody asked him about the player for Colorado State. He was like, man, this is football, man. He didn't go into it. He didn't even take the I mean, bait. That dude ain't never gonna be relevant again. Travis Hunter about to make this money and you know, two different directions in the universe. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's like nowadays the thing is you can't give them you can't give them attention. Oh, you know man. what I mean? Speaking on it, give them attention. So you like, oh, I can't. Whatever. You got it, man. You know, one of those things. Man, it was um to hear him say. Because you know his mother tweeted from the hospital during the game, like, yo, he's okay. So, man, the TV people, come on, man. If they unplug this stuff again, it's crazy. But that was, uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, yo, it was just really cool. That's the cool thing about life now It's like, Situation like that, athletes can literally jump on and just kind of like talk to the fans, you know. And that was a really cool thing last night. They got you again, left? No, so I got. I'm on my phone because I didn't wait until I called me. But uh, 
Yeah, he was sitting up there in his uh giraffe onesie, dog. <laughs> as so cold, crazy that as cold players, as he is, that moment reminded me he's still a kid. It'd be so crazy that these players that are super tough football players that are getting more into the media space is such a humanizing thing. Like Michael Parsons got his own podcast or whatever type of media thing he does on the podcast thing during the season. So he just, and, it, and, he, <laughs> and when he's talking about stuff, you like, man, he sound like a, just a kid that just be going in on topics. Like, like a YouTuber or something is it's like mm-hmm. you don't seem like the big scary defensive end. You know, you just a guy on YouTube, it feels like. Similar to a Pat Bev, who just <laughs> who who would I mean or a Draymond Green who would play a game and then run home and get on the podcast. I think they wouldn't have the seventy three win season they did if he had that podcast, because how do you focus? You know, Draymond trying to be half on TNT and half in the game. So I don't know. It's just a different. I think it's absolutely dope. I would much rather hear from Draymond after he's driven home than to catch him in full emotions right after the game, depending upon. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was a tough loss, I would much rather him jump on his own thing when he got to the crib. Yeah, okay. Because he's now, I think I'm not getting the emotional, ticked off player. I'm getting a well thought out. He might even give me a little bit more information on his own rather than depending upon the questions from the media, which the majority of the time are low hanging fruit questions. And you said low hanging fruit questions? Man, look. Very rarely do I respect. Very rarely can I listen to a press conference and pick out three questions that I'm like, yo, that's a darn good question. Mm. Like, perfect example. Sam Hartman was it. Yeah, this is a big game for you. You haven't been in a game like this. No, no kid. Yeah. What do you think about their defense? Oh, that's, ooh, that's low hanging. Yeah. It's like. Well, I'm sure if. Yeah. I think it's pretty general. It's pretty standard. Maybe they would. Maybe the media is hoping they would speak more on it, I guess. You know. But I do think, though, that. uh, It's it's left. It's. And it doesn't take much, bro. It doesn't take much. I never forget when I was an intern. And my job was to go into the White Sox locker room and get post-game audio. Yeah. And I never forget my boss said, what's the, what's the first rule? He said, well, you go in there, what's the first rule? I said, I don't know. And he said, keep your mouth closed. He said, no one knows you yet. Oh. Um. He said, they're going to give the first questions to the veterans. So you don't have to worry about rushing, trying to come up with a question. He said, listen to the questions. Listen to how things go. And then once they see your face, you meet the PR guy. Then 
come up with some good questions. Mm. You know, it, it's it's okay to sit back and just watch and listen. Yeah. Because you'll learn a lot. You'll, you will learn the questions not to ask. Mm. The athletes will tell you the dumb questions. Yeah, by their facial expressions. Right. Their facial expressions will tell you, like, I'll give you a perfect example. And this might be controversial, but I talked to him about it. My boy, Nick Ferdale. Nick Ferdale. It's my boy. He was covering the Brooklyn Nets this year. That was his beat. He was one, he was the one that asked Kyrie the question about his his tweet about the book. Oh man. The reason he asked the question is because Nick is is of Jewish nationality. So when I finally got a chance to talk to him, I said, Nick. The question wasn't that the, the fact that you asked him the question wasn't the issue. It's the fact that everybody knew who you were and they know your nationality. And I said, you allowed your emotions to get into the question. A hundred percent. By time he by time he answered and you didn't like what he said, I said your second response, you could already tell you were gone. You left professionalism, and now it was personal. Yeah, now you feel this hurt. You know what I'm saying? I said, dude, once he answered the question, let it ride. Let the rest, let the rest of your colleagues follow up. Yeah. Because the direct connection between you and him, you already know it's about to go left. Because Kyrie is not... Kyrie, you knew Kyrie wasn't going to back down. At all. And, you know, I think Kyrie saw it as an opportunity to really try to speak on something, thinking it would be received differently. And look, that was a conversation I had with Nick, and, and he disagreed. He was like, no, Sean, I had to press him. I said, you didn't have to press him. You made the decision to press him. You made the decision to press somebody that you already know. It's going to give you something that you probably looking to write. It, exactly. You already knew what was going to come back before you asked the first question. What do you think he's going to say? Oh, nothing and move on. Kyrie going to give you some thought out answer. And he going to give you something that. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Right off of. yeah, I said nationality. It's religion. I mean, yeah. he. He's not gonna hold back what he believes in, especially it's, if it's, you know. He would disagree with that statement about nationality because he's really not a I didn't even know this. He's not as hardcore about the religion, but he'll tell you that his parents are Jewish and he was born Jewish. So I like I see what Andrew Gilmore is saying, and and typically that is the case. But I've heard this out of his own mouth. Like it's more than a religion. Really? So 
Look. What does that mean? I look. It's more than a religion. Okay. Because working in broadcasting, there is a considerable amount of workers that are of the Jewish faith. Yeah, I mean, there's so a, they take they take the holidays off, like real. Yeah, and I remember Nick actually covered a game on one of the holidays, and everybody was like, "What you doing?" It, you know, and then we've had conversations because he knew my dad was a pastor. Right, and he knew I was in ministry. So Nick and I would have like these full life, just conversations. You know what I'm saying? You know, he'd be like, "Oh, what's up, buddy?" It's like, man, and you hear him talk about it. Like his mother, his parents are devout. Says a lot. And for him, I guess coming from a different generation, he he respects it. He respects them. He's protective of it. You saw that from the way he pressed, tried to press Kyrie. But, you know, it's always tricky, man. Like, it is. Because you, you don't want to be insensitive in any way, form, or fashion to anyone. So, like, am I wrong to say he, Nick Verdell is Jewish. Or should I be saying and that's why he's not. And should so, I or should I say Nick Verdell practices Judaism? Or he's of the Jewish faith. You know. I don't know. I feel like it's a topic that is interchangeable to fit somebody's perspective that is claiming to be that so you can never say the right thing and there's always the wrong thing said when approaching that subject so it's like it's almost like a game you just got to choose not to play because conversation this is me and this is that why i say i love our podcast conversation is yo conversations are needed and we're willing to have those conversations and the next conversation go ahead go ahead left no i'm just no i'm agreeing like yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> you know i was i was agreeing with you <laughs> how let's move on because that was a little snippet i was just trying to get an example of the confrontation between those two <laughs> And how in the media you just you can't be emotional and don't rush. Just make sure that you ask a good question. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And, and even if you ask a good question, man, you can ask somebody like Al Golden that's gonna give you the most vanilla answer in the world. Like you can ask a darn good question, and he he just doesn't give. He'll acknowledge that it's a good question. He's oh, that's a good. Yes. But uh, yes. playing, 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 playing. Right. Have some of that. Yes. Absolutely. Have some of that. So 
Here we go. This is your next eight to ten minutes, love. Has Jared Parker been holding out? Like a I bogus, don't believe so. Like a bo- let me finish it. Let me finish it. Has Jared Parker been holding out like a bogus wife? <laughs> has, has he been holding out? Oh, my goodness. And what tricks might he have up his sleeve? Jim Knowles in Ohio State defense. <laughs> I don't think Jerry Parker has been holding out necessarily because of being a new office coordinator. He has nothing to be holding in the tank that he that he needs to be thinking about. He needs to be thinking about how do I get on track and run the best plays we can run with Sam to know what I got, to know if this marriage is going to work. Right. No, you know, to test out the waters. I think what he is going to do is add some different wrinkles, maybe a double reverse pass, maybe something to catch him off guard to try to jumpstart in case we get some uh, lulls in our drives. But, man, I think what he's put together is something that is is working. He's put together a very good system of thought for Sam Harbin to process because you can tell because we're scoring throughout the game. We're scoring in every quarter. We're scoring not in lumps and chunks, but a fluid streamline to where, yeah, you can keep up with us, but then we're going to take off and continue to score at a certain point when you can't keep up. And right. I think the, the combination of plays that Jared Parker has been able to put together where it's like a nice balance of run, but if the run's working, we're not going to shy away. We're going to keep running. If a couple passes working, we're not going to pass and then avoid the pass for a couple plays. We might go back-to-back passes. The intention to detail and, and the drive to be like, okay, we got 54 seconds. Let's go in there and try to score. The thought process to have that aggressiveness in spots is, and, and that's trusting your quarterback with the chemistry you have. I don't think he's been holding back. I do think, obviously, every offensive coordinator will have some wrinkles due to certain looks that you can get away with. That I'm sure Jared Parker is probably has more in, in this back pocket this week than other weeks. But from the most part, he's probably trying to focus in on his openers and the things that Sam can, and, and, I'm sorry, his openers, and finding ways to take explosive plays because I do think that's going to be a huge factor that we need to have at least nine explosive plays in combination with our runs. And six of them, well, yeah, six of them can be passes, should mm-hmm. be passes, and then scoring in the red zone. If I'm mm-hmm. Jared Parker, I'm getting creative in the red zone. So if I'm doing all that, that cute stuff, it's going to be in the red zone to do something to break up that monotony of what Ohio State usually expects down there. But, you know, the Sam can handle a lot, and that's the other thing. Sam has seen a lot, been around a lot, knows a good amount and chunk of offenses. So I do think adding more week to week is not going to be a problem for Jared Parker and Sam to communicate that, as well as having an experienced offensive line to be able to understand different concepts. A key factor with Joe Rudolph, though, is finding the runs that are going to be successful in wearing down Ohio State because Joe Rudolph has been around Wisconsin and Ohio State game for a long time. Mm -hmm. So he probably has a good identity of what 
are the staple runs and in, in, in 12 personnel formations and different sets that they can use in crucial downs with the running back that's very capable of running inside and outside the, the, the tackle. And that makes them, that knowledge alone mixed in with the comfortability Marcus Freeman has in coaching situations to possibly be more aggressive on fourth down. You know, you got an experienced quarterback, you at home, you got a cooking offense, you got run or pass available. And fourth and short, we might take advantage of that to continue to be the aggressor on the field. And that's another possibility where you can find your special plays or your or your out of ordinary things that I think we've done a little bit of that throughout the year. You know, you look at North Carolina State and yeah. the amount of leak out passes and, and drop off passes that we had created stemming off of different run plays that we had. Yeah. I think that's a something that's more in line with what Jerry Parker does outside of just coming up with crazy formations like the Chiefs and, you know, spinning in circles five times before you line up, you know, stuff like that. I do think Jerry Parker does a great job of having counters to his setups which is something Ohio State, I think, will have a hard time adjusting to because of personnel, uh, matching different personnel that we put out in our formations. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Seems like everybody left. Yeah. In my opinion, most coordinators will have something special. for big games. I don't know what it is. Do I think he's been holding back? I don't know. Because I thought the game plan last week where they went over the top with Tobias and Chris Tyree was something that we really had not seen. Yeah. I can agree with that. So he could have something nice. Uh, I was talking to B. Driss, and I am. Remember when Jared Parker talked about um, everything being collaborative with the staff? Right. And you said that's cool and up until Thursday. Yes. Like once it hits Thursday, it's all you. Yeah, you got to start putting it in his mind. Like I am pleased to know that Bela McCullough, Joe Rudolph, and Jared Parker, the run game has been collaborative because they have found packages that fit every individual running back. I agree. Like Jeremiah Love is not running the same stuff that they run for Audrey. No. You know, Jadarian gets something totally different. And totally I think good. I think that's very smart. That's very smart because now it's not like last year where you knew the majority of the time Notre Dame was running power or either duo. That's it. That's it. You've, you've seen a lot more movement from the offensive linemen in Notre Dame. Counters, pin and pull. They've done a lot. Pulling on power plays. And it gives Ohio State a lot. A lot just in a running game. So now it goes back to what you said. It's not so much the plays. Jared Parker can play with their minds. You know what I'm saying? He can ghetto boy these cats 
all right. day with formation. With formation, you're right. Not play call, but formation. Like, I can give you a formation that makes it look like this is what we're going to do, and we can run something totally different out of it. Right. That is something that I think is an advantage for the Fighting Irish come Saturday night. A huge advantage. I think so, too, and I think it's going to be important that it's a nice, healthy balance of that, but you, the, the the opposite side of it is not having those penalties, those false start anxious, over-the-top penalties where it's affecting the drives. Yes, especially on key third and short, second and short, it's second and three. You can't focus, man. You can't go back to second and eight, second and 13 and just stall the drive. Can't third do it. third can't. and two. Don't get a procedural penalty, man. Make it third and seven. Now Ohio State's being aggressive and blitzing. And no. Be yeah, focused. That's where, that's where you can lose the game right there. Yes. <laughs> so Marcus Freeman has to be – that's where his coaching acumen and – and where his ability to show his growth in coaching is situational football and not allowing the team, or I'm sorry, not allowing, but being able to have a disciplined football team in big games, not to have penalties. That's a huge thing Alabama was really good at when they were riding high. Mm -hmm. They would have these super clean football games with little to no penalties and they're beating great competition like it's nothing. And that's because they don't beat themselves with crazy penalties. Now they get all type of penalties. You watch them today, I mean, last week, all type of penalties. When did they play the first week, all type of penalties against Texas. So I think it just it just shows that in order for us to be successful in this game, penalties have to be a limiting factor. Penalties are going to be huge. As long as we don't get that uh, officiating crew from last week, I'm straight. <laughs> that crew last that crew last week was awful. They were pretty rough. They were pretty rough. But you know, we made it easy for them when half of them was our fault, and they just started throwing them after they was like, "Well, you probably did something the way how crazy some of these other personal fouls were." Mm-hmm. But I am inspired that in a game like this, early on in September where everybody is pretty much still healthy and riding high for the 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 phase of the season this is a good way to end off a quarter of it preparing for november getting ready for uh i mean preparing for november because mm. october we we end off september right october can be really favorable for us in terms of uh experiencing the depth getting stronger by winning games convincingly because I think if you ride off of this game, you, you, you're going to be in line to, to put a lot of intimidation into the teams that you're coming down the pipe with where Duke is less of a factor. Uh, Clemson is a little bit more worried. And, and, you know, when you have the psychological factor built in along with the fact that we're a good football team, uh, this would be, this would be uh, momentous for us going in October.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. I mean, look, someone in the chat said Notre Dame doesn't use their running backs in the passing game. You need to go watch the Tennessee State game. I think every running back had a receiving touchdown. Uh, it was something crazy. I know at least two of the running backs had receiving touchdowns in that game. Yeah. Um, Jeremiah Love caught a swing pass last week. And turned it into like a 12-yard game. It's, I think they've used the running backs a lot more. Aldrich SMA has caught checkdowns. He made a crazy catch against North Carolina State where the defender was hitting him in his leg simultaneously. He caught it with one arm. I think we've seen them use the running backs in the past game. Yeah, it's just it's it's just less noticeable because you're noticing that we're also throwing it to our receivers who haven't been active in a long time either. Mm-hmm. So to see the receivers being the dominant uh, eye attraction as opposed to when we had Kyron and the running back was the main eye attraction with the tight end in the pass game, the change in the guard man is is it takes some time to get used to, but it's happening. It's happening. And for it to happen like this, it's an exciting moment in, in the change of uh, where we're heading. Because I do think that this game is the jump-off point to a championship dynasty for us in a, in a trajectory where Ohio State takes a dip going into the rest of the season. I have it right here. At, at this point in the season, the running backs have the entire running back group they have 21 receptions on the year. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty about good. what? Five a game? Yeah, that's pretty involved. You're involved in the offense. That's I mean, about five a game? Yeah, that means that yeah, they're, they're, they're game planning for that. You know, they're game planning for to have moments, probably in spots on the field like the red zone, AKY TSU. They had a lot of receptions in the red zone because of what they're doing defensively. And so the matchups, I think, just become 
uh, more apparent, and that's why you got to give credit to Jared Parker because Jared Parker is collabing with running his running back coach and Chauncey, uh, Chancey Stuckey that are saying, hey, this is what I've noticed that can work for my specific player X, Y, Z, right? Oh, yeah. Aldrich would be great out of the backfield on this play because they, in this part of the field, they sub in number 40, yeah. thinking run, and we can, you know, that's, and Jared Park can't see everything, which I think is why we've been able to do some pretty nifty things is because he's been collaborating with his coaches yeah. to point out things that he probably can't notice himself. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think moving forward into this game, like I said, I think I said this while you were getting back from the TV crew taking you out. The advantage that Jared Parker has is the multiplicity, the multiple weapons he has. He did, right. He's not coming into the game like Tommy having to feel like I have to get the ball to Michael Mayer. That's right. That's right. We're not a that's one not, football that's, team. That's not, yo, yo, we're playing four running backs. We're playing six receivers. Some of them young. And this is all about Sam making the right decision. Oh, yeah. This is not about Jaden Thomas has to get his targets. Deion Cozy has to get his targets. Chris Tyree has to get his null. Tabot null. Whoever's open. Sam got to find them. We're going to call the plays based on how we saw the film, but Sam going to have to find them. But it's a confident feeling when you have a capable guy at the position. Mm -hmm. Marcus Freeman is excited because he's like, man, I know that I can sit back and, you know, and really watch the offense actually give us, give us a chance. We're not just clutching our pearls every time we get on offense. This time we're getting on offense excited about what it's, what we can do and the points we can score. I don't think this is a – Field position game. I think this is about scoring in the red zone. Hmm. Well, they have flipped the script this year. Uh, Notre Dame has been much better on third downs, getting off the field, and much better in the red zone defensively. So that bodes well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What, is there anything that you would like to see? From Notre Dame offensively on Saturday that you haven't seen the first four weeks. I think it'll be nice to see us challenge their DBs and tackling on these screens and on these quick out plays because I do think our size advantage at the receiver position is big and mature enough to be able to be an extension of the run game that we probably haven't needed much from our receivers, but will be good to see uh us challenge those DBs not only in the in the threat for the pass, but can they come up and tackle consistently when they start loading the box? So not everything got to be about a route. I think we got pretty solid and stout receivers that can make enough plays to make a guy miss and make it hard on them to just make it a sellout to the run situation. You know what I would like to see? And I don't think we've seen it, but you talked about the size. I want to see because the defensive backs that they do have are not as big. They're not. Back shoulder. Back mm. shoulder. Back shoulder. Take off. Get them to turn. And Sam with his accuracy 
Back shoulder. That Back is a available game, 100%. Sometimes it ain't got to be about scheme. No. Just one-on-one. He's little, mouse in the house. Throw that thing up. And we can live on first, second down, taking a shot like that. Because mm-hmm. if you put it in range, I think we have enough talent to, to win a 50-50. I got to figure out what your Ohio State game I'm going to. What do you mean? You know, my guys, you know, told me whatever game I want to come to, just let them know. Oh, yeah. So I got to figure out. I don't, I don't want to do the Michigan game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, I don't want to do it. I might. Do the Penn State game though. That's at Penn State, right? Yes, sir. Matter of fact, hold on. Let me relax. They play at Michigan. You know, but they get tickets on. You guys get tickets on the road too, don't you? Yeah. Ooh. I like the Big House. I've been there like five games in the Big House. I'm a huge fan of the Big House. house. Is cool. Yeah, the Big House. I'm a huge fan of the Big. Hey, college football fans, Notre Dame fans. That's a cool stadium. If going to if the big house is not on your bucket list for a college football game, you need to put it on that. Yeah. It it is flat out one of the best venues to watch a college football game. That's right. One of the best. And you might hate Michigan, but I'm telling you. I might, I might try to get the away tickets. Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. Hmm. It's either the Penn State at the crib or Michigan on the road. <laughs> we'll think about it. Hey, love. So, everything, the missus just, I heard her in the kitchen clanking the pots and pans. So she she fixed her plate. It's probably fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably fire. Yeah. Yeah. You don't hear a lot of chatting in there either. No. A lot of. Yeah. Yeah. She can't even tell you how good it is. She's like, wait a minute. I, I, I don't know if you like it or not. You ain't saying nothing. Yeah. You're saying a lot by saying nothing, you know. And that's what you need sometimes. Sometimes a good meal, a.k.a. shout out to Notre Dame's pregame meals. They always do us right at the hotel with the spaghetti and the prime rib. You know, it's, it goes down in there. Man. Yeah, I've been Michael Morris. I've been, to, I've been to Penn State. I've been to, because my boys were on the football squad, I went to just about every away. Because we, we would tell them, like, we don't want the home tickets. No, give us the away tickets. We want to make a road trip. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like, dude. Yeah, we went everywhere. So I've been to a Penn State game. I've been in Michigan. Been to Michigan State. Went to Ohio State. Ohio State play Illinois this year. 
I don't think so. I don't think so. We've been to Wisconsin. We went to Iowa. I say Wisconsin game's fun. We went to, but see, we were doing Wisconsin like in high school, bro. Everybody knows like Wisconsin is a party school. Oh, so y'all went all the way up there? Oh, yeah. When you're in high school, like high school is no like, man, drive up to Madison. Damn. What's that, four hours? Mm Mm-mm. From Chicago, like two, two, two fifteen. Oh, it's not bad. No, because you realize, like Madison is an extension. Fifty percent of the people in Madison are from Chicago. Pretty much. So, yeah, I've been. I'm. Hey, where? What didn't we go? I don't think I've been to Purdue for a football game. I've been to Purdue. But I haven't been to Purdue for a football game. That's all right. Mm. Of course, you know, Maryland, I've never been there. That's a, You know, they weren't in the Big Ten when I was in school. So Michigan uh, State School, that's a cool stadium. It's really, it's really close. Yeah. It's a good viewing stadium, like good seats. I agree. The Coliseum is overrated. Yeah, it's too open and big, and it's kind of like, yeah, you're kind of far away from the field because it's more steep than it is up. Yeah, and it's it has got general seating. It's it's, it's you know, yeah. and it's hard to see the game if you're too far out, so to speak. They don't have no yeah. jumbo screen. It's kind of like, uh, yeah. The, the bougie part of me, the bougie part of me, wants to say Washington, because I like the whole boat, boat to the game, dock. Yeah. You know, charcuterie board on the boat, some wine. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, have a, a dope football game and come back out to the boat and kick it. Next level. Most shocking, I went to Ole Miss for a game. Wasn't as fun as they, they said? The Grove? Dude, the Grove is insane, bro. Oh, it's nice? Yes. I went down there with JP. Oh, okay. Because JP had some business partners. They invited him down. He was like, yo, you want to go? I'm like, yeah. Bro. It's uh, I was skeptical too. I'm gonna keep it a whole. I'm gonna keep it a whole buck with you. I was real skeptical. Like, mm, man, everybody was super nice. Yeah, everybody yeah. was super nice, bro. And it might have been because I was with JP, but that's cool. I don't mind. I take it. Yeah, I take it. I don't mind. I don't. People say Neyland Stadium is pretty cool because it's the other stadium over a hundred thousand. Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. No, Tennessee Stadium. People say the swamp is like a crazy atmosphere. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I mean. It's pretty rowdy. LSU's probably better. 
Mm. Mm. He's bigger too. We'll be honest, the overall hospitality in Baton Rouge is A1. Is A1. A1. Facts. Um, what else? Yeah. That's it, man. Make sure you get to the big house, though. Yeah. Good game to go to. Well, I went to the big house when Tom Brady was the quarterback. Did you really? Wow. Yeah, boy. In Illinois, it was trailing Michigan in the fourth quarter by like 17. And that cat, Kirk Kitten and Rocky Harvey went bananas. Really? And, and pulled the upset, boy. You talking about talking trash? Well, it was about 30 degrees, but I was talking trash. Like, yeah. I thought Tom Brady was going to be huff watching that game. I'm like, oh, he's going to be trash in the pros. <laughs> For real. <laughs> For real. Real talk. The wow. same way I saw uh, Zach Martin handle Aaron Donald. That's and I was like, I'm like, man, this had Aaron Donald overhyped. No, that brother is not overhyped. You cannot allow yourself to be fooled by one game. But that's funny. You thought Tom Brady's – I mean, everybody probably didn't think he was going to be that nice, though. So the league didn't think he was going to be that nice. So you're not you're – not, I just think it's funny that you're just like, yeah, I thought he was going to be trash. I, I, I did. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I'm like, you got outplayed by Kirk Kittner, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they actually benched him that game, dude, for Drew Henson. For Drew Henson, yep. Yeah. So I'm watching this. I'm like, dang, they benched this dude for the freshman? Oh, he's trash. I'm like, oh, he going to be trash in the league. Hey, shot him down at Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> he proved me wrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I definitely thought he was gonna be trash. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Now, are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty story? Petty Junction. Petty Junction, Petty Story today, brought to you by Nora Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com, the premium American whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com. Minka Fitzpatrick, that hit on Nick Chubb, mad petty, bro. Mad petty. Yeah, it looked, a little, it looked a little crazy. When and they slow-mo it, it just doesn't make it look any better, you know? No, it doesn't, man. And to all these celebrities, man, y'all really messing with the love game, man. 
Iman and Tiana ain't together now. I'm like, dude, what is going on, man? Oh, for real? These celebrity couples got to get it together, man. What? Dude. That's because Iman be talking about LeBron too crazily. No. And then Tiana came on IG and was like, no one has cheated on anyone. It's not infidelity. And I'm like, And you make that much money, I'm, you know. I'm like, uh. I'm like, yo, you gotta stick it out, man. But, celebrity celebrity relationships are difficult, though. They they gotta be more. I think they're more weird than anything else. I don't see too many conventional ones. I've actually been around Angela Bassett and her husband. Very normal, theming, very normal couple. Like, I just didn't get the vibe that it was like, oh, okay, because he, Courtney Vance is from Chicago, so he really down to earth. You know what I'm saying? And Angela, first of all, Angela knows she a queen. Like, so if you're in her presence, she's going to let you know. But she adapts to the surrounding. Right. You know what I mean? So. I'm coming. She, you know, she she adapts. Yeah. If, let me see. Is there any other celebrity couples I've been around? Oh, that's that, man. My prayers are going to go out to these celebrity couples, though. Like. Yeah. I okay. think we had another one. Um, would you would you get cosmetic, any cosmetic work done? I don't know, man. I think that's a crazy... I don't know if that's a masculine thing for me. I don't know. I can't. I can't get it wrapped in my brain yet. Is it a masculine thing? Cause see, cosmetic can be anything from like improving your nose if you have a deviated septum or something like that. But you know, it's what's the percentage of deviated septums? A lot of this is a is a, a how you feel about. I don't know. I just think don't. I don't think it's a masculine thing to get cosmetic surgery as a guy, man. I think that's more of a, a new age thing going on if you so you're not so you're not getting no bbl dude man these <laughs> i think people are cra- honestly i think people are a little crazy because it wasn't like that just 10 years ago yeah i mean it was for the ones that knew and didn't tell nobody you know but and it was keeps, better when they then they don't the tech, tell nobody <laughs> the technology and the procedures keep advancing it's like, man, he's invasion of the body snatchers. Y'all gonna have, you know what I'm saying? You don't know what's going on. So I think it's more of a spectacle that a, some, something's gonna change where it's gonna yeah. be a trend and it's not gonna be a trend no more. So yeah. the one thing I have seen uh, from a male, I think the numbers show that males uh, is either their noses or their chins. See, that's 
Man, that's that's petty. Your Super chin? petty. Really? Super Maybe. petty. Super petty. And the reason I asked is because this guy actually um, passed away recently. <laughs> See, that's funny. I think that's a The story funny. is he was getting uh, injections into both lips. <laughs> and he was warned not to do it. It was already because... It was, I think, they said that his uh, his lips would die. I mean, yeah, his lips would literally, because there would be no blood going to them. Like, you restrict the blood flow to the lips every time you get an injection and increase the size. So he ignored the doctors. They ended up passing away from a blood clot, doc. Terrible way to go out, man. He died on the cosmic. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's it what is. Not a manly thing, man. It is. Uh, yo, that it was my petty story of the day. One of my petty stories. I'm like, bro, it is not that serious, bro. I, I'm saying you don't. There know is that. nothing. I had plastic really. surgery as a kid, right here. You guys, like, you would have to be up close and personal to tell. But right here as a kid, because I was electrocuted as a kid. Oh, see, that's a whole thing. That's you know, like a skin graft or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, no, I no reason at all. Yeah, I don't think I get my my Botox. My my lady suggests I get Botox in my armpits and on my forehead and. Now I think lasering our uh, underarms does count. Some men have done that crap too. It's like just shave, bro. Just shave, dog. Just shave. <laughs> oh, the Botox is for stop sweating. Oh yeah, but that's that's odd. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be walking around like a mannequin. So you Botox it, and it lessens the amount of sweat. Listen, I don't know. If you know what? You talk about. You know what? <laughs> no, I'm laughing, bro. That's okay. <laughs> I already know. I already know. How, how would you feel? How would you feel? But I know how I feel. How would you feel about your significant other possibly saying, "I want to get. I want to get this done." I mean, you know, I try to. I try to play it as evenly kill as I can, you know, because I think it's more of a trick question than it is an honest opinion. So I just be like, you know, you, you do what you, you really feel like you need to do. And that crap is too, it's so dangerous to me, bro. You know me, I'm from yes. Chicago. So that Donda West is always on my mind. I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's just a crappy, it's like jumping in a shark cage. It's like, yeah, it's a cool experience, but you know, you're gonna be that one dude that the cage don't don't close all the way for, and you get ate up. That's just so. The I guess the the going thing is like the mom the mommy package. Like after your wife, significant other feels like she's done having kids, and whatever's done to her body, then they feel like either I want to lift, 
you know, I'm not trying to take away, but I just want to lift them and kind of lipo this and lipo that. What's the, sounds, what's the workout out of it? I thought, what happened to the workout? You know, get it in the gym six in the morning. That's not cool no more. I mean, come on, dude. If, if, if I mean, I hear what you're saying, but if you have a young mom that's dealing with two young kids and it's like, where's the time? Some some people feel like, yo, where's the time? Where's the time? Right? What they say? What they say? Uh, patience is key, man. You know. You like you like microwave pizza or Papa John's? You know what I'm saying? Please tell me you don't eat Papa John's, bro. Papa John's is great. Come on, man. We done for the day. <laughs> Lucky Lucky Podcast. That, come on, bro. Hey, hey, man. Y'all have a a nice day. Stay away from Papa John's, man. Make sure you spin it different. This dude said Papa John. <laughs>